Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is Gumdrop Readers, the podcast where I books to young kids. Today we're reading the first half of the Golden Statue Plot by Geronimo Stilton. This book was requested to me by nine-year-old Laura. Thank you so much for requesting this book, and I hope you enjoy the story. If you're sending a request or already have, just remember it's about a one to two month wait until you can get it on the show. Just because there's so many, I want to make sure I get all of them done. They have to be in order, so just know it'll be a little bit, but I promise I will eventually read it. And if it has been like two months and I haven't read it, just make sure to remind me because sometimes they slip through or I forget them. So without further ado, let's get into today's story. Okay, here we are on page one. Chapter one, a perfect tan. It was Monday morning and I went to work wearing movie star sunglasses and a perfect tan. Well, um, almost a perfect tan. I said hello to everyone and rushed to my office. Oh, I'm sorry, let me introduce myself. My name is Stilton, Geronimo Stilton. I run the Rodents Gazette, the most famous newspaper on Mass Island. Anyways, where was I? Oh yes, as I scampered by my staff, I heard them all whispering, love the glasses, so cool. I closed the door to my office behind me with a sigh of relief. Then I turned on all the lights and began to work without taking off my sunglasses. Okay, I know you're wondering why I was acting like some sort of famous celebrity. Well, I'll tell you. It happened that weekend when I went to the beach. I fell asleep in the sun for hours and hours. Too bad I forgot to take off my sunglasses. When I woke up, I was left with ridiculous white marks around my eyes. I looked like a reverse panda. I was so embarrassed, I decided there was only one thing for me to do. I had to keep my sunglasses on at all times. I wore them at the supermarket, I wore them on the subway, and I wore them to work. Of course, in order to read anything in my office, I had to turn all the lights on even though it was in the middle of the day. What a waste of energy. I felt terrible. The next morning, I felt even worse. When I went to my office, my whole staff was wearing sunglasses, just like me. And they had also turned on all the lights, even though it was sunny. Holy cheese. I had started a trend, a trend of wasting energy. Plus, I felt like I was working with a bunch of secret agents, like my friend Ook. I should have spoken up, but I was too embarrassed. Things will get back to normal sooner or later, right? I thought, Wrong. Instead, things began to spiral out of control. A few days later, my crazy trend was spreading like soft cheese on a cracker. Soon, all the mice in the city were wearing dark sunglasses. They wore them in their homes, on the streets, everywhere, and they kept the light blazing day and night. Before long, so much electricity was being used in New Mouse City that there was a total blackout. Everything electrical shut down. Since I couldn't work, I decided to take a walk by the water to think. As I stared out at the Mouse Island Statue of Liberty, also known by many as Mousy Liberty, I thought about what the statue stood for. Freedom. Yeah, freedom to be your own mouse. I looked at my reflection in the water. Then I took off my sunglasses and put them in my pocket. It was time to let everyone see the real me, wacky suntan and all. I was glad I could go back to being myself, but I still felt awful about wasting so much electricity. Suddenly, I was hit with an idea. I could write a book about the importance of saving energy. But before I tell you that story, I want to tell you another one. This one is about electricity too, and it takes place on gulp, Cat Island. It all started with Catterdone III of Catadonia, the king of the pirate cats, discovered they were having electrical energy problems too. But let me start at the beginning. Chapter two, who turned out the lights? It was a quiet, peaceful evening at Fort Feline on Cat Island. Oscar Wilde Whiskers, the pirate publisher of the Cat Island Courier, the most famous newspaper on Cat Island, was relaxing in his tower. He put on his soft mouse fur slippers and sank into his favorite paw chair with his book, 
catnip soup for the pirate's soul. Then he turned on some soothing music and sighed. Ah, what a perfect life. But then the lights went out and the music stopped. Frozen fish fritters! What's going on? Oscar yelled. This is the third time today that the power's gone down. Itchy, Oscar's faithful butler, came rushing in. I can't figure out what's wrong, sir. The electrical system seems fine, he reported. Furious, Oscar closed his book. Give me the phone, Itchy, he hissed. I need to call my cousin Cataron. I don't know how the cat got to be the king of the pirate cats. He's not exactly the smartest cat in the alley, you know. The butler coughed. I'm sure the phone doesn't work either, he replied. Chapter 3, Waste, Waste, Waste. Meow! Oscar shrieked. Then he got dressed and stomped down to Catadon's quarters. The entire fort was completely dark. What a disaster, Oscar said to himself. Without electricity, I can't turn on the copiers to print my newspaper. Suddenly, a ferocious yowl rang out from the great council chamber. Festering flea bites, I have it! It was Catadon, the king of the pirate cats. He had called together all of his feline advisors and the scientists who work at the cat lab. Something needs to be done about this energy situation. Waste, 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 he shrieked. It would kill anyone to remember to turn off the lights on the claw sharpener once in a while. We're trying, we are going broke trying to pay the electric and gas company. The amount of money left in the imperial vault couldn't even pay for a quarter of the fish sandwich. Just then, Catadone spotted Oscar in the corner of the room. And you, cousin, the king continued, those printers for your newspaper are going non-stop. Yes, well, Oscar started to protest, even though he knew it was no use. His cousin had always hated the paper. Before Oscar could go on, a slim, young female cat strode into the room. It was Tercilla, Catadone's spoiled teenage daughter. Daddy, who turned off the electricity? I desperately need to deep condition my fur, and I'll need the electric fur dryer when I'm done. What is going on? Chapter 4, There Goes Movie Night. I'll tell you what's going on, Catadone hissed. Everyone has been wasting so much electricity and fool around here that we've run out of money to pay our bills. So until one of you figures out a way to get us some gold, I've taken matters into my own paws and turned off the power. Gasps and sad meows roll rose from the crowd. Oh, don't be such a bunch of kittens, Catadone scolded. We can use candles instead of light bulbs, and instead of driving everywhere, we can walk. It'll be great exercise. Then the king added under his breath. So, of course, I will be pushed in the royal carriage because I'm already in just great, amazing shape. Then he stood up, tripped over his own tail, and tumbled down the stairs. Bonzo Felix in boots, his trusty assistants, rushed to help him. At that moment, one of the scientists from the cat lab stood up. It was Dr. Regina Redfer. Your Excellency, I hate to complain, but you turned off the electricity, just as we are perfecting our new anti-flea portable shower system, she began. Oh yeah? Well, try and get stuck in an elevator for an hour, interrupted Simon Scarsnout. At least your favorite scalloped flavored ice cream didn't melt in your freezer, Tomcat Pat whined. Who cares about ice cream? Hillary Hotpad snorted. I was in the middle of baking a gourmet catnip casserole. Enough, Catadone shrieked. I can't take any more of this whining. I don't care about your shower system, your elevator, or your melted ice cream. I just told you we've got to figure out a way to pay our energy bills or invent some other way to make electricity. Until then, I'm keeping you in the dark. There goes movie night, Tomcat Pat sniffled. But Catadone wasn't listening. He had settled up to Hillary Hotpaws. Maybe you can make that catnip pack casserole over an open fire, he suggested. Just the thought of some tasty catnip had the king drooling like a rabid stray cat. Chapter 5. Ready or Not 
Catadorn was still dreaming of catnip when all of a sudden the tiny torpedo came whirling into the room and slammed into his round belly. The king crashed to the ground in a terrified heap. Help! Assassination attempt! Guards, save me! He cried. When he looked up, he realized the torpedo was none other than his youngest daughter, Kitty, who was zipping around the room on her inline skates. Kitty, what are you doing here? I was... It's... It is... Oh, it's... It's way past your bedtime. Plus, I'm in the middle of a meeting, the king scolded. Kitty grinned, ducked behind her father. Sorry, Pops, she screamed. But we're playing hide-and-seek, and Scout is just around the corner. Just then, a second, kick, a second kitten came careening into the room on blue skateboard. It was Scout, Kitty's twin brother. Ready or not, the kitten cried, heading straight for Catterdon. Second later, he slammed into the, kids, into the king's belly, bouncing off it with a loud boing. Once again, Catterdon crashed to the floor, but this time the king's advisors were all yowling with laughter. After all, it wasn't every day that the pirate cats got to see the king being made a fool of by two excitable little kittens. Catterdon was fuming. Chapter 6. No phone? Catterdon stood up, trying to unsuccessfully fix his frazzled whiskers. Then he glared at his advisors, who grew silent. You think this is funny? He shouted, accidentally poking himself in the eye with his hook paw. Everyone tried not to laugh. Meanwhile, Oscar pulled Kitty and Scout aside to tell them about the energy problem. Well, if we don't use a lot of electricity and gas, then we won't have as much pollution, said Kitty helpfully. Drusilla rolled her eyes. Who cares about pollution? She snorted, patting her head. I'm having an important fur crisis here. I'm not worried about the fur driver, but without the gas, we can't use the speedboat, Oscar said. He thought for a moment. Or the cat glider, he added. Even worse, without electricity, we can't use our computers or charge our phones. Scout added. Tercilla's eyes grew wide. No phone? She gulped. <laughs> no phones, Kitty repeated. So you can't call or text any of your friends. Chapter 7. A Golden Statue What a tragedy! Tercilla meowed. Daddy, you've got to do something. I'm a teenager. I can't live without my phone. Soon everyone was whining again. Catadone clapped his paws for attention. Silence, he ordered. Then he looked around the room. I didn't bring all you scientists here just to gripe. I brought you all here so you get your tails in gear and find a solution to our problem. So stop meowing and start moving. The scientists looked at one another blankly. No one had any brilliant ideas. But just then, Dr. Redfern meowed excitedly. She turned to Catadone. I've got it, Your Excellency. Your Furriness, Your Hefty Highness. I, I mean, Catadone, she announced. The king narrowed his eyes as the cat began digging, digging through her bag. First, she pulled out a pair of pajamas, then a bathrobe, a toothbrush, some toothpaste, a brush, fluffy socks, and a bar of soap from her bag. I never know how, how long these urgent meetings are going to last, she explained matter-of-factly. Finally, she found what she, what she was looking for. It was a map of Mouse Island. Here's the solution, Dr. Redfur explained. The rest of the cats stared at the map, pretty confused. Um, what are we going to do with a map, Dr. Redfur? asked Bonzo. Are we going to burn it and use it as fool? asked Boots, scratching his head. Dr. Redfur laughed. Don't be an alley cat, she chided. She pointed a claw at the port of New Mouse City. You see this? she asked. Yeah, it's the Mousy Liberty, responded Kitty. Exactly, said Dr. Redfur. According to my scientific calculations, it is the only treasure we should be able to reach without using without the use of a high-powered boat. We can take the Black Hurricane. All we have to do is get to the island and steal the statue. And we'd want to steal an old statue because... Bonzo mumbled, bewildered. 
because that old statue is made of gold. Dr. Redford finished, smiling proudly. At the mention of gold, Tersilla's ears perked up. She loved gold almost as much as she loved tuna fish. Then Oscar asked, But are you sure the statue is made of gold? Dr. Redf Redford's fur ruffled. What kind of question is that? Of course I'm sure the statue is made of gold. We are scientists, and therefore we have scientific proof. The statue is yellow, right? And gold is yellow, isn't it? So the statue is made of gold, she insisted. Oscar and the twins stared at Dr. Redford skeptically. What kind of scientific proof was that? What happened to research? What happened to evidence? But the king had heard enough. Of course, that makes perfect sense to me. If the statue is yellow, it is obviously gold, Catadone agreed. Then he hissed to get everyone's attention. Listen up, everyone. Tomorrow we will meet in a top-secret location and prepare for our trip to New Mouse City, he declared. Chapter 8. The P-P-P-Password? The next day, Catadone, Bonzo, Boots, Tercilla, and the rest of the king's advisors headed to the secret meeting place in the underground offices of the Cat Island Most Wanted Headquarters. It's a place where, the study, where they study all the ways to catch mice, like gulp me, Geronimo Stilton. Remember, this mission needs to be top secret, Catadone reminded everyone as they reached the soundproof office door. But before they could put in the password, a cat in slippers and a rope came shuffling out complaining, This place stinks. The water in the shower is like ice cold. The king arched his back. What is the meaning of this? What is this stray doing in our secret headquarters? He shrieked. Boots chewed in his paw nail. Um, it's, um, nothing to worry about your felineness, he soothed. I thought it would be a good, um, idea to rent out this place. You said you were, um, low on cash. You mean anyone can come stay here? Catadon demanded. No, 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 of course not anyone, Boots explained. I mean, they need to pay up first, and then I give them the password. The king gasped. Gasped. The, 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 the p password he mumbled. Then he fainted. Two hours later, the king woke up. But then... His advisors had already organized a plan to sail the New Mouse City and steal the golden statue. Later that day, Catadone laid out the plan to his crew. First, they would prepare the king's ship, the Black Hurricane, for the voyage. Then, once they arrived at the port of New Mouse City, they would knock the statue down with cannonballs. Then, they would tie it to the ship and drag it back to Fort Feline. It's a perfect plan. We sail at dawn, the king announced. Well, that was the first nine chapters of The Golden Statue Plot by Geronimo Stilton. I hope you guys enjoyed that story. Again, thank you so much to nine-year-old Laura for requesting this book. It sure is a fun story. I'll be reading the next half tomorrow, so make sure to stay tuned. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can donate using the link in the episode's description. Also, make sure to check out and follow the Gumdrop Readers Instagram page, gumdrop underscore readers. If you'd like to choose the next book to be read on the Gumdrop Readers podcast, you can send me an email, including your name, your age, and your book request. Ask an adult to help you send your email to gumdropreaders at gmail.com. Again, the podcast email is gumdropreaders at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode, and I'll see you next time.